The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are here. Uh, yes, back in the studio. It is great to be back. Great to be back. And uh, look, I, I, I am here to talk, and uh, you guys are out there to listen. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Uh, no, no, I, I'm thrilled to be back here. Um, uh, last week's show, as you guys know, if you were looking on the webcams, you didn't see me. Uh, that's because I did the show from Florida. I was uh, safe in a, uh, a nice bunker in the great state, free state of Florida. I uh, did the show from there, and uh, I'll have a little bit to say about that. And then the week before that, I was out. And if any of you guys listen to Reality Bites, you heard us do a a, uh, a show with uh, Mark the Shark, myself, and Roger from Locked and Loaded. We did it from Mexico. So uh, I've got a few little things to say about that. Uh, but uh, it's great to be back here. Great to be back. And um, we've got a lot to talk about, of course. And I've gotten a lot of questions on, on uh, certain things that are going on in the world. So we'll get to that today. But uh, let's just start rolling. So I am Victor Armendariz, uh, the Mexican not afraid to be American. And this is the On Point with Victor show you are tuned into. Uh, this is, of course, the flagship station of America's Web Radio uh, from which we come. Uh, so thanks all. Thanks to everyone. And again, uh, you listeners from across the – I mean, we're about in every state now in the U.S. And uh, we've got listeners in Mexico all the way to Spain over in Europe. So we welcome our socialist friends. <laughs> Listen, anytime I can speak to a socialist and get them to understand the the values of uh, capitalism and freedom and liberty, uh, you know what? You never know who's going to, to, to hear this show and go, hmm – Victor's got a point here because I always have a point here on the On Point with Victor show. So, all right, folks, listen, are you starting to – how do I put this? Are you starting to understand why for years and years and years I have railed – I mean, in the small time – I mean, you know, gosh – Man, it's been about five years or so since I've been on the radio, uh, whether it be with this show or filling in for Eric Erickson, and I – Probably not one show goes by, especially when I fill in for one of the big guys, not one show will go by where I won't say something about education and how bad our education system is because it's not because we have dumb kids. It's not because we have dumb children. And and as Joe Biden says, it's not because um, one skin color is dumber than the other skin color. And, yes, Joe Biden said that. And the Democrats believe that. I, I mean, you folks got to wake up out there. But uh, <laughs> we'll just uh, – we won't talk about that right now. Um but I rail for years about the education system in this in this country, and the, what makes this education so bad is the government involvement, government schools. We don't have public schools, folks. We have government schools. Government is dictated. You've got a bunch of moronic, um, useful idiot type. Just I'm going to be nice. We've got some really dumb people in Washington who think they think they're the smartest people on the planet. Uh, and they've got their hands in all the schools, these so-called public schools, which is why I call them government schools, because they're government-run. You've got the federal bureaucracy in Washington that's dictating to all these uh, government schools around every state, uh, dictating to these schools what they what they need to do and 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 just the agendas that need to. And school shouldn't be an agenda. The only agenda a school should have is teaching math, writing, comprehension, reading. 
science, uh, and I'm talking real science, not the fake stuff where they show you with movies by politicians. If a school, if your student is going to a government school and they make them sit through a film that was produced and written and made or whatever by a politician, you need to yank your kid out of that school and go, no, I will not have my kids indoctrinated. Uh, science doesn't start and end with politicians. <laughs> so, and nor does it start and end with scientists being paid by politicians. So, I mean, that's a whole nother show we could do on, on the so-called follow the science and all that mess. Uh, because ladies and gentlemen, follow the money. Follow the money. If you ever want to know why there's an agenda going, coming down from Washington, getting into your schools, follow the money. Follow the money. So, so anyway, so we've got these government-run schools that, that people like to call them public schools. They're not public schools. They're government schools. You don't have public transportation. You have government transportation. These are government-run entities with your money. <clears throat> and when it comes to schools, we and, and this is why for years I've, I, I've been telling you – and look, I, I – am a victim. I mean, I am a product of government schools. I went to government schools myself, uh, but I had some sharp parents who didn't just let me go to school, be indoctrinated by teachers and come home and then them not question me. My parents knew what I was being taught. They saw all my, my school assignments. They saw the books that we were reading. They saw it all. And, and let me tell you, my mother embarrassed me on more than one occasion by going into the school, sitting with teachers, the principals, and whoever else she felt she needed to get in front of. She didn't allow any government school to dictate something to or indoctrinate or even try to indoctrinate, at least for me. She wasn't – or any of my siblings. My mother wouldn't stand for it. My mother was in that school on a con- – if you ever seen the show The Goldbergs, that's my mom. That's my mom. She would be at that school uh, if she had any questions, she had any doubts, or if she had any reservations, if she had any – if she wanted to know why you're teaching my kid this and not this, she'd go up there and ask. So, so my parents were involved, and unfortunately – in today's world, because of Democrat policies and 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 some due in part to establishment Republicans' uh, policies, it's hard to have a parent stay home with kids and monitor their education. It's tough to do that because you've you've got two parents that have to work so the whole family can make ends meet, and and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. But because of Democrat policies and because of some of the uh, the establishment repukes policies. That's just the way it is right now. But mostly, mostly, and you just look at the last three years. You look at how, at the damage that Biden and the Democrats have done through their policies that they've done to our economy. A once great economy is now flailing and 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 on a downward spin or or downward road because of policies. All of this is because of policies by bureaucrats in Washington. So when you're a family and you're, you're the mother or the father can't really put the time to pay attention to what government schools are filling these, these young heads full of mush, what they're filling those heads with, they can't monitor that on a, on a really, really good basis because they're working themselves to the bone to try to make ends meet. Because my goodness, if you've got a two parents working, in a household, one of those parents, almost 100% of their paycheck is going to cover the tax burden put on that family by the bureaucrats in Washington. It shouldn't be that way, folks. And we've got to get away from that, which is why hopefully we're going to get a good person in, in 2024, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or Haley. Um, don't worry. I've, I've got 
things to say about 2024, and we'll get to it. Uh, but but we need somebody like Trump or DeSantis, especially those two. We need somebody like that who's willing to come in and bust up the game that's going on in Washington. And and I'm talking policy wise. I'm talking the tax code needs to change. We've got to do what we can do to help the American family because the American family should come first. The American family needs to be able to make a living. The American family needs to have the option of whether they want to both parents work or not. They should have that option. Let the parents decide. This shouldn't be forced because of bad policy coming from Washington, and that's what's going on right now. So, But anyway, I'll get back to the school thing. <clears throat> the schools, I rail on, we got to get the government out of the school system. We, the only government that should touch our, our public school system is the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest government in whatever city that school resides. So whatever school, wherever, wherever this, the, the government school is, that the low, the closest local municipality, that's the only one should have anything to do with the school and the school boards. The te- the, the, the parents, the parents have got to take a more active role and, and some of them don't understand that and some of them do. Uh, but, but, and, and you as a parent, you've got to be paying attention to who you're electing to the school boards. All of these things has to happen and, and you'll see the school system get better. But when you have government run schools and, and the other biggest problem with the school system is the unions. The school unions, the school, the teachers unions, if ever a union needed to be bust up and dissolved, it's the teachers unions. That needs to happen because right now we've got look, look at what, and this is what I'm getting to. Look at what these schools have put out. Now, what is that saying that's out there? Uh, the chickens are coming home to roost. Well, now for, for the American people to allow the government since 1977 or 8, whenever Jimmy Carter enacted the Department of Education, ever since then, the indoctrination and the downward spiral of, of students in this country started. The, the dumbing down of America started the second they funded uh, the Department of Education. And, and, and the parents and the politicians who stood by and allowed the Department of Education to grow year after year after year and allowed the tentacles of the bureaucracy that is Washington to allow these, these career politicians who are there for themselves, not for anyone else, to allow those tentacles from those bureaucrats to reach down into every state school system. Now we're seeing the product of what they've done. Because you get generate, it only takes one or two generations to really screw up this country, and we're seeing it now. And I do believe, I do believe that Ronaldus Magnus, Ronald Reagan, I believe, and I don't remember the quote exactly, but I am pretty sure that he had a wonderful quote where he said, "We're one generation away from from saying goodbye to freedom." And David, you probably know what I'm talking about. All right. You're Be- right. That's a- yeah, because he, he warned, he warned that if we allow generations to, to be indoctrinated and to get away from, from proper learning, that it will only take one or two generations for those chickens to come home to roost, so to speak. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. And what do I mean by this, by the chickens coming home to roost? When you have a terrorist group called Hamas that goes into a sovereign nation, and rips babies out of wombs, beheads innocent people, gouges out eyes from children while their parents watch, and then torture the parents while the kids watch. You had Hamas terrorists take babies, put them in ovens, and cook them alive. Now, I don't like to to even talk about 
the atrocities that, and the, and the murderous brutality that, that was committed by Hamas uh, a couple of weeks ago. But I have to, because I'm not so sure that regular media is going to tell you these things. How many of you listeners out there knew that Hamas took babies and put them in ovens and cooked them? Now, where did they get that idea, folks? Where did they get that idea? Sounds an awful lot like the Holocaust repeating itself, doesn't it? And these people were cheering it on. And now, with all those atrocities, and listen, this is all over social media, so it, we don't need CNN or MSNBC or NB, NPR or, or, or PBS. We don't have to depend on them telling the truth because social media, it's out there. It's out. There's videos of the atrocities. There, there's plenty of recount of how awful the, the awful, awful crimes and brutality that the Hamas terrorists committed on innocent babies, women, men, children, young and old, young and old. That's all out there. So these don't think. And, and what are these kids today, whether you're in high school or whether you're in college? What do they do? Ninety percent of their time, they spend it on social freaking media. So they know. They know these atrocities that were being committed by Hamas. But what are they doing? How many American students are in our own country and state after state after state standing with Hamas terrorists? And don't give me this business that they're standing for, for the innocent people of Palestine. Oh, we're standing. No, don't give me that because that's not what they're doing. Because if you try and you get in front of these students and you get in front of some of these these so-called activists and protesters, so-called protesters, and you tell, well, do you decry? Do do you speak out? Will you speak out against the baking of babies, the beheading of babies? Will you speak out about it? They won't. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to admit it. They'll tell you you're lying. Because they're standing with Hamas. They're not standing with the Palestinian people. They're not standing with anyone innocent. They're standing with Hamas, and we have elected Democrat officials, elected Democrat party members who are standing with Hamas. This is why I said last week, we have a new caucus to the Democrat party, and it's the Hamas caucus, or the Hamas wing of the Democrat party. You've got members of the Democrat party who are standing with a terrorist group. They're trying to, to, to somehow bring moral equivalency they want to bring this moral equivalency argument somehow. They think they have an argument of saying, well, oh, but Israel this. Hamas this, but Israel this. Well, Hamas did this, but Israel this. There is no moral equivalency to the, to the just awful things that Hamas did. Israel didn't listen. Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. On October 6th, you know what there was? There was a ceasefire. On October, all you little bozos out there calling for a ceasefire, including the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, you guys are calling for a ceasefire. Hamas is begging for a ceasefire. Well, on on October sixth, there was a ceasefire. Israel didn't go attack Hamas on October seventh. Hamas attacked Israel on October seventh, and and Hamas didn't come over and say, "Where are your soldiers? We want to fight them." No. They went into neighborhoods and said, where are your children? We want to kill them. Where are your babies? We're going to torture them. Where are your grandmothers? We're going to make them watch as we torture and kill the rest of their families. That's what Hamas did. There is no moral equivalency. I don't care how much you don't like for some reason. And my goodness, how do we get to a point in this country where we have such animosity towards Jewish people just because they're Jewish? I, I explain that one to me, Democrats. Democrats. 
Because it is the Democrat voter. The Dem- understand here and hear me well. Hear me well. It is the Democrat voter that is in the streets uh, and, and on college campuses in the United States of America. It is the Democrat voter that is out there standing with Hamas, a terrorist group. It's the Democrat voters that are going and tearing down uh, the posters of kidnapped children, kidnapped babies, kidnapped innocent mothers and fathers. Their pictures, they're being torn down by Democrat voters. These aren't Republican voters, not even establishment Republican voters. These are Biden Democrat voters, the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, that are pulling down the pictures of innocent people who are being held captive by a terrorist group that cuts heads off people, that pulls heads off babies, that bakes babies in ovens. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot be any more clear. For the Democrat Party to stand by, and yes, they are standing by, they are standing by. Democrat voters are in the street calling for genocide. Uh, you can look up the video, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, I should have prepared it, so shame on me because I don't have the sound bite. But you can go do a duck, duck, go search and you can search. There, there were kids, college, I call them kids because I'm on the wrong side of getting old. Uh, but, uh, the, these, these young adults that are in college on some of these campuses were actually chanting genocide to to Israel, genocide to, well, not to Israel, but to the Jewish people. And understand this, these Democrat voters that are in the street, they're not just, they're, they're not calling for the destruction of just Israel. They're calling for the extinction, extinction of the Jewish people. We've got plenty of Jewish people here in this country. We have Jewish people all over the place. We have Jewish people all over Mexico, where I was just a few weeks, a couple weeks ago. There are Jewish people everywhere. It's a religion, folks. It's not just just that, that, yes, there are a people that are Jewish. There's religion that is Jewish. So there are lots of people from around the world that choose Judaism as their religion. And just because they're doing that, you've got Democrat voters from around this country on college campuses and in the streets of cities that are called, including BLM, and that are calling for the death to Jewish people. Why? What did the Jewish people ever do to these? What did the college kids in that college the other day, and I'm not, shame on me for not writing down the name. This college the other day, there were Jewish students that were trapped in a library on a college campus. If there's any place that should be safe for all ideas, this should be a bastion of freedom of speech. It should be a bastion of liberty. Should be a bastion of I don't have to worry about things. I'm I'm this this whole entire college campus is a place to learn. It should be a place of ideas. It should be a place of freedom. Right, right, David. It, Cornell. Uh, ah, Cornell. So at, at Cornell, and and I'm ashamed to say that I actually considered Cornell back in the day when I was go, about to go to college. Um, I didn't end up going to Cornell. I'm not an Ivy Leaguer, folks. Not in any, not even close. Not even <laughs> Cornell close. Uh, but I did consider Cornell. Um, I think those people wanted me to play soccer or something like that. They knew I was a fast runner. Uh, they didn't want me for my intellect. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, um, I actually, uh, I actually thought Cornell was a cool place back then when I was coming out of high school, and it was a place I looked at. Uh, now I was also trying to get as far away from my parents as possible because, you know, I was 16, 17 years old and my parents wanted me to stay and I didn't. But anyway, uh, I, you had students that were trapped in a library, Jewish students, and then they hid in the attic because 
the Democrat voter block of the students, the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, these students were beating the door down trying to get to the Jewish students. What were they going to do to the Jewish students if they could have got in the library? What were their intentions? Ladies and gentlemen, what does this sound like? This sounds an awful lot like Nazism. And I hate when Democrats throw around the word Nazism because they're always trying to call some Republican a Nazi or, or an authoritarian. Look what they've called Trump. My goodness, they've called Trump everything from a Nazi to an authoritarian to to the devil. And uh, President Donald J. Took, I had a de- – I know I'm going to jump around a little bit. But, folks, I had a debate uh, the other day with two strong, die-hard Democrats. And they actually looked at me – and listen – Listen, you can, I, I want you to be able to talk and be friends with Democrats. I have Democrat friends. You should have Democrat friends. Don't be tribalistic. Don't befriend somebody just because they don't believe like you. You're a better person if you have friends that believe different things because you know where they're coming from and you know how they think. I know how Democrats think because I'm friends with some Democrats. And I can be good friends with people who disagree with me. They're, they're, we're human and we should be human. We, we You don't judge people just because they disagree with you. Now, if they're going to go off the edge and join the Hamas Democrat Party, if they're going to join the Hamas part caucus of the Democrat Party, then, yeah, you need to get away from those people. Anyone who will look at you and tell you that Hamas is, has the moral equivalency to the Jewish people or that Hamas somehow is justified for what they did, then you get away from that person. You don't need that kind of person in your life. And I'm not going to tell you very often – to to turn people away because i think the most important things in your life other than your family uh is friends friendships cannot value friendships enough but a negative person that's not a friend an evil person that's not a friend and somebody who will stand up and and tell you that hamas was justified for what they did that's not a person you want to associate with unless unless they're just really, really, really misinformed and they're willing to listen to you, if they're willing to talk to you. Uh, so I had these two Democrat friends, and, and I'm, I'm able to talk to them. It was great. But I was baffled because when I bring up point after point and fact after fact after fact to them, when they can't argue facts with me, it's funny the, the directions they'll go in. And so at one point they just looked at me and said, well, well – but I don't, I have to vote Democrat because Donald J. Trump is an authoritarian. I nearly hit the floor in laughter and they looked at me and went, and, and, and said, why are you laughing? I said, why am I laughing? You just tried to tell me that Donald Trump is an authoritarian leader. Oh, he's a dictator. Okay. Now I was laughing even harder, but these two Democrats, and they were sincere. They were looking at me and sincerely telling me, oh, but you have to understand, Donald Trump is an authoritarian. Donald Trump is a dictator. And after I stopped laughing and gathered my my composure, they were dumbfounded that I was laughing at this. They were dumbfounded that I didn't immediately agree with them. And I just looked at them and I said, answer me this. How on earth? Is Donald Trump an authoritarian figure or an authoritarian leader? How is he a dictator when, A, he was duly elected in 2016 by the people of this country and the Electoral College? Um, 
And if you're denying the election, then what is the difference of you denying that election and Donald Trump questioning the election in 2020? They're speechless when I say that. They have no answer for it. So uh, trust me, folks, get out your notepad, and you should take notes of what I'm telling you now. Because if you've got anyone out there that's telling you, oh, Donald Trump questioned the election, yeah, well, remind them what the Democrats did in 2016. Or back them in a corner like I did these two Democrats. I didn't have to start talking about January 6th. I didn't talk about stolen election. Look, you guys know that I, I don't buy into the whole stolen election business in 2020. Uh, we lost that race, and we lost it on our own. Now, was there was there uh, shenanigans? Of course there were. Was there some fraud? Of course there was. Could it have been overcome? Absolutely could have been overcome. But mistakes were made. But that's in the past, and we got to move forward. But but you can back Democrats with using their own arguments and use their words against them, back them into a corner. So I didn't have to say anything about stolen election or anything. All I had to do was look at them and say, okay, let's let's think this through. You're telling me that Donald Trump is an authoritarian. You're telling me that he's a dictator. But he was duly elected in 2016. The people elected him. The Electoral College elected him. And then those Democrats will look at you just like these two will look at me, and they will say, well, he stole that election. Russian interference. He stole it. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're actually telling me that Donald Trump stole the election in 2016? Well, you're an election denier, and their heads will explode because that's how a Democrat – that's how you beat a Democrat. Just all you've got – you don't have to argue with them. You just use logic and common sense. And so after these people picked their jaws up from the floor, after these Democrats were were able to to sit back and go, oh, my gosh, yes, I I can't – I can't call you an election denier and then not call myself an election denier. I mean, I had them walk right into it. It was glorious. Um, I think we had, by this point, some spectators that were laughing at what was going on. Uh, but then I said, I said, follow the logic on this. Follow me on this. How can Donald Trump, how can you, I didn't even use Donald Trump's name. I just said, how can you be an authoritarian leader if you're for cutting taxes, if you're for increasing the uh, jobs, if you're for cutting spending, if you're for increasing liberty and increasing freedom amongst your population. So you're the president of the United States. You're the president over all the citizens of the United States. And when you come into the presidency, whether you're Donald Trump or DeSantis or, or whoever else, when you come into the presidency and you look at the American people and you say, we here in Washington are going to cut your taxes. We're going to let you keep more of your money. That's the money that you earned is your money. And by doing that, you have more freedom. You have freedom to spend your money. You have the liberty to decide what to do with your money and to do with your family. We're not going to force a shot on you. You have the liberty to discuss with your doctor if that shot's good for you. That's your decision, not government's decision. You have the decision if you want to go drive a gas-powered vehicle or do you want to go buy a battery and depend on your battery and depend on, on on the power infrastructure to power your car. You have the decision. We, the Republican Party, myself, Donald Trump or DeSantis or Haley, I am going to promote policies that give you, the citizen, the ability to make the choice on your own because you live in a country of freedom. You live in a country of liberty. You live in the country of capitalism. You decide what to do with your money. And I looked, these two Democrats looked at me, they had nothing to say. And I told them, now, unless your definition is different of an authoritarian or a dictator, now let's, let's talk about the qualities of a dictator, the qualities of an authoritarian leader. That would be the person who forces the populace to take a, a shot. Uh, and I don't care if it's a vaccine or a flu shot, whatever it is. 
It's the authoritarian that forces that among the people. It's the authoritarian that, that forces businesses to shut down. It's the authoritarian that says the pot shop on the corner can stay open, but the gym has to close. The pot business can make money and live. The gym owner has to go out of business and go on welfare. That's an authoritarian. That's a dictator. It's the dictator and authoritarian party that tells you you can no longer drive a gas car because we don't want you to drive. We will drive gas cars. We, the politicians, will fly on private jets. You, the peasant citizen, you will drive a battery car until we tell you you can't drive a battery car. You won't drive fly on, on these private planes. You can't do that. And these Democrats looked at me and they were dumbfounded. Because nobody took the time to speak to them like I did. I didn't yell. I didn't argue. I didn't call names because I don't do that. And most Republicans won't do that. And they were good people. They're very good people. They're business owners. They, 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 they have good conversation. Just because they're Democrat doesn't mean they're bad people. Not all Democrats are bad people. But I don't think anybody's had the, the, the will to speak to 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 them in the way that I did with common sense and logic and it just kind of left them now it's not going to change their mind folks don't don't think it is I wish it would but it won't all right folks we got to take a break don't you go anywhere we will be right back this is the on point with Victor show what will Victor say next find out every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the on point with Victor show only on America's web radio are you a veteran of desert shield or desert storm we do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. On veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. Bond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Deal at maga45cag at gmail.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the On Point with Victor show. I am Victor Armendariz. Hey, you want to know, you know, I mentioned this last week. You want to know where the funding, where Iran's getting this money? Look, ladies and gentlemen, I I don't want to bring such sad news. And by the way, by the way, happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to everyone. Today is Halloween, and I hope uh, all of you enjoy uh, tonight. Um, enjoy it with the with the kids. Uh, hand out candy if you if you can afford the good stuff. Get the good stuff uh, because you know if you're in a neighborhood and you give out bad candy, you might get uh, your house might get rolled by toilet paper or something else, uh, or you might get egged. You don't want that to happen to your house. Give out the good stuff if you can afford it. Now, look, it's tough to afford the candy. Have you seen the inflation prices on candy? Have you seen what Joe Brandon Biden has done to the prices of candy? I, I mean, the the candy prices. I, I'm I'm baffled by how much candy cost uh, th- this Halloween. It's amazing. Uh, but uh, but get out there and enjoy it. Um, go go find a good costume. Go. Tick off a Democrat tonight by wearing a good uh, conservative or some kind of costume. Um, walk around like a dementia patient. I, I, this is, that's mean. Bad host. 
bad host. Look, there are some people suffering from dementia, and uh, I, it, it, I shouldn't make fun. But when we have a president that uh, is clearly suffering from dementia, the onsets and 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 in decline, and people just stand by and act like nothing's wrong. Um, that was the other thing that uh, a couple of Democrats I ran into not too long a week or so ago were telling me that uh, they were trying to convince me that somehow Joe Biden is 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 in good health, folks. Everybody knows Joe Biden's not in good health. Everybody knows it. So, um, all right. So I want to finish up on this, on this Hamas stuff so we can move on. But, um, but you got to understand with, with the breakdown and the, the, the destroying of our school system by the government. Uh, and listen, folks, this is done on purpose. I had a, had a, a great listener, uh, in Georgia who just chimed in just, to, just during the break and, and made this point. And this is a good point. It's a point that I make frequently. The Democrats know what they're doing. Don't think that they're, 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 look, I, I will call them morons sometimes and, uh, but the Democrat politician, they're smart people. They know exactly what they're doing. They will willingly hurt you and hurt families in this country to make you dependent. Because what the Democrat cares the most about, what the Democrat politician, I'm talking about the elected politician, the bureaucracy that is in Washington, what they care about the most is power. And the more voters that are dependent on them, the more power they will have. And you've got to understand the Democrat Party wants power in perpetuity. The Democrat Party is tired of having power for four years and losing power for four years. Having power for four, losing it for four. Having power for eight years, losing it for eight years. They're tired of that. They're, they're tired. In fact, when Barack Hussein Obama was elected in 08, they thought they would never lose another election. The Democrats actually thought they would never lose another election. And and for eight years under Obama, his number one agenda was to put so much of the bureaucracy in place and to grow government so much to the level that the Democrats would never lose even when they lose. Now, do you understand what I'm saying, what I mean by that, that the Democrats would never lose even when they lose? Because when 2016 rolled around and Donald J. Trump won the presidency, and yes, he won the presidency, he was duly elected, the bureaucracy was so infiltrated by the Democrat Party that they were able to infiltrate Donald Trump's presidency. They were able to get into his around his circle. They were able to sabotage much of the presidency of Donald J. Trump. And Donald J. Trump is such a strong guy. He's such a, a leader because of that CEO background that he has. He was still able to succeed on, on unbelievable levels, even though he had so much of the bureaucracy against him. And so much of the things were put in place during the Obama years to make sure that the Democrats didn't lose even when they lost. And, and what I mean by that is the Democrats had things in play from 08 all the way to 2016. And even though Donald Trump won in 2016, they had enough bureaucracy in their control that they were able to stifle and, and derail Donald Trump's presidency. And then through that bureaucracy and China's help, let's make no mistake, China did the, the, the heavy lifting in 2020 to get rid of Donald Trump. And it worked. And it worked. And they got rid of him. But because of the arrogance and the audacity that the Democrats had to put a dementia patient in the, in the White House and, and to go full force, I mean, they swung that pendulum all the way to the progressive left and all the way so much so to the left that now they have the Hamas caucus in the Democrat party and, and, and they're just, they're, they're absolutely bringing this country down. I mean, 
you, they took a great economy and just ripped it to shreds. Uh, they took energy independence, ripped it to shreds. Uh, we had petroleum in our reserves that's depleted now because of Joe Biden. Um, we have armaments now were depleted because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. We, we have a, the weakest military probably ever since the seventies because of Joe Biden. We, we have an economy that's shaking on toothpicks because of Joe Biden and because of Democrat policies. So voting matters. Don't think it doesn't. And, and, uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The American people, I think, I think are waking up and, and, and we're, Republicans are probably going to come in to to um, controlling hopefully the White House, hopefully the Senate and the House in 2024, and and we can start. Look, it's not hard to turn this around. It really isn't. Don't let anybody tell you, especially politicians. Don't let them tell you that it's hard to turn this around. It's not. It's not. We can do it. We can do it. Um, but we do have to get. We have to put a, put the brakes on what's going on now with the Democrat Party, the Democrat Hamas Party, because, ladies and gentlemen, like I said. And one of the first things that has to be done, has to be done, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, one of the first things that has to be done is we've got to attack the Department of Education. We've got to dismantle the Department of Education. And the only two people that are willing to do it is Donald J. Trump and Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley is not going to shut down the Department of Education. She's not. She's too much of establishment. I like Nikki Haley, but she's not the choice right now. These times call for a very strong, independent uh, separate of any establishment leader, and that's going to be Donald J. Trump or it's going to be Ron DeSantis. One of those guys got to be the guy because <clears throat> we have to go after the Department of Education. If we don't get government out of educating our children, then we are going to be faced with what we're faced with now, more of what we're faced with now, uh, which, which are American students chasing Jews, chasing students who are Jewish, chasing them into a library and causing Jewish students to have to hide in the attic. We're reliving the days of Nazism, and I hate throwing that term around, as I mentioned before. I hate it when the Democrats throw the Nazi term around. Um, I don't like it uh, because I, clearly the Democrats don't understand what Nazism was. And now we've got students. We've got a, a part of the Democrat Party embracing uh, techniques and things that the Nazis did. Uh, and I do I do not throw that word around lightly. And 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 but you cannot have American students chasing Jewish students into a library, causing the Jewish students to fear for their lives, calling causing the Jewish students to hide in an attic and not understand that this is Nazism repeating itself. The hatred that's ladies and gentlemen, how long is this hatred for Jewish people? How long has it been been just Brewing and brewing in these indoctrination centers that we call public schools. How long? What are the college campuses teaching that these students are so willing now and so emboldened to come out and openly say they want genocide for the Jewish people? I mean, folks, I'm not making this up. You can look at you can look up all of it. Um, but you've got Jewish students who are afraid to walk on campus in the United States. You've got Jewish people. You've got a New York mayor. This is how ridiculous and, and, and people of New York, you morons voted for this mayor in New York because he was an ex-NYPD officer and you somehow thought that this guy was actually going to care about you and he was going to care about law and order. No, he's a Democrat. He puts the D first. All Democrats put the D first. And this New York mayor has the audacity and to tell Jewish people in New York, stay in your home? 
stay in your home? Again, are we reliving the 1940s again? Are we reliving the rise of Nazism? Are we reliving that? You've got a New York Democrat mayor who's not saying to, to the, to the ridiculous Hamas, uh, rallying people. He's not looking at the Democrat voters. And notice they are Democrat voters. Your Democrat New York mayor will not look at the cameras and tell the Democrat voters, don't you dare think that we're going to stand by and allow you to attack your fellow citizen just because they're Jewish. You will not put fear in your fellow citizen just because they believe in a different religion than you. You will not allow that in this country. But your New York mayor's not saying that. Your New York mayor isn't issuing the, 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 putting the fear in these Democrat voters of law enforcement. He's not putting that. No, he's not even addressing them. He's giving them permits and saying, yeah, yeah, you guys go destroy the streets, uh, scare the Jewish people, do what you want, attack, do what you want. I'm just going to tell the Jewish people to confine to their homes. Let me tell you something right now. If the Democrats thought they could get away with initiating a lockdown right now, they would do it. If the Democrat Party, if the Hamas part of the Democrat Party thought they could get away with forcing Jewish people to confine and lock down in their homes right now, they would do it. Because you've got a New York mayor and probably a Chicago mayor and everywhere else telling the Jewish people, you don't come outside for this weekend. Don't come out and enjoy the beautiful weather. Don't come out and enjoy your country. Don't come out and enjoy the best season probably in the world, which is right here in the United States when we call it fall. Don't come out and enjoy it. Don't come out and enjoy the weather. No, no. You stay and hide in your homes because the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, the Democrat voters, they want to march and scare you, and they might attack you. And we're not going to stop them from attacking you. We're just going to tell you to stay in your home. You Jewish people, stay. Go lock down in your homes. You know what? If I were a, a, a leader in New York, I would get any Jewish person and tell them, let's all stand together outside. Let's all come together and enjoy the weekend. And I would dare... I would dare any Democrat voter, any Hamas wing of the Democrat Party to come out and try to attack the, 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 the freedom of anybody, anybody, not just Jewish people, anybody that's trying to enjoy it, who believes different than these idiots. And you, ju- I dare you to attack them because I'll put you under the jail if we make it to jail. Because I'll have these, I will let the NYPD do what they need to do to make sure there's law and order. That's what the, the, these politicians should be doing, but they won't. And why won't these politicians do it? Because they're Democrats. And why won't they go after these, these, these people who are, who are cheering for genocide? They're cheering for the death of Jews. They're standing with Hamas. Why won't the Democrats do anything about it? Because these people that are demonstrating in the streets and standing with Hamas are Democrat voters. It's their base. And I'm not afraid to say it, folks. I know the media matters is going to lose their mind. Democrats listening to me are going to lose their minds, but you better wake up. You better wake up because it's the Democrat voter. Now, look, I know that maybe a hundred percent of these people aren't going to vote Democrat. Maybe they'll, some will vote for the Green Party. Maybe some will vote for the Communist, Socialist, whatever, whatever party. But the bulk of them will vote for Democrats. The bulk of them will vote for Democrats, which is why I call them Democrat voters. You prove me wrong if you think you can. Uh, as they say uh, around here, around these parts, come at me, bro. 
Come at me, bro. If you can prove me wrong, come at me, bro. Uh, but look at these, look at these marches. Look at these students. They're carrying, they're wearing Hamas garb. They're carrying Hamas flags. And I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, folks. It's, it's, it's just sad, but. We got to do something about it, folks. We got to do something about it. All right. I want to move on a little bit because we're flying through this show. Um, so the Republicans and look, folks, I told you, I told you when this fight started with the House, when they ousted McCarthy, I told you if the Republicans get it right within a week, two weeks, if they get it right and they get a, a good, a good speaker nominated and, and they approve them. That the Republicans were going to come out looking like geniuses. Uh, Matt Gates wasn't going to be such a bad guy if they got it right. Now, I also said, and look, I'm not afraid to say it because I am not a sycophant to any party. If you hadn't figured that out yet, I'm not a sycophant to the, well, we know I'm not a sycophant to the Democrats, but this Mexican American, this guy right here, I'm not a civic sycophant to any politician. And you, the American voter, you shouldn't be a sycophant to any politician either. Um, I, I mean, not to the R's, not to the D's, not to the L's, not to the I, any of them, any of them. You need to judge people for who they are and what they do, and you need you need to judge people for their actions. So, but uh, but right now, um, way more aligned with with the Republican Party than the Democrat Party, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, but I I got to tell you, I am not afraid to say that I believe that Matt Gates' timing was off. I think Matt Gates pulled the trigger too soon. I think the trigger was going to be pulled. There's no question about it. Um, McCarthy had to go at some point and was going to go at some point. McCarthy isn't, wasn't going to do the things that needed to be done for this country to save our country. Uh, but I, I said it a few weeks ago, and, and I'm not afraid to admit I still stand by it. I think Matt Gates pulled the trigger too soon. I think he should have waited 30 days. He should have waited till, uh they started the fight again at the end of this month or in the next month when they start fighting again about the continuing resolutions and all that crap. Uh, so I thought he pulled the trigger soon, but I also said, and I still stand by it, that if they get it right, if they get it right within two weeks or so, that they were going to look like geniuses and they were going to, and the Republicans were going to come out fine because not, there's not a voter on this planet that's going to remember or give a rat's, you know what, what the Republicans did to get a speaker when we get to November of 2024. Not, not one voter is going to give a rat. And I don't care what kind of, listen, the, Democrat Party is not going to waste money running ads about the speaker's fight, especially now that the Republicans got it right, because they're not going to want to remind you that the Republicans got it right. So I, I'm not ready to say I told you so, but I'm getting really close to telling you I told you so. For all you naysayers out there who were doom and gloom and all you naysayers who were siding with the establishment Republicans because you just think you're ready to give up and you, and you're ready to give up and just join the establishment Republicans and let them have, have free reign again because you're, you're, and I understand it. Look, I understand it. We don't want Biden to win. We don't want whoever the nominee, it's not going to be Biden. We don't want the Democrats to win. We can't afford the Democrats to win. So I understand when, 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 when voters get scared and they start siding with the establishment, but we can't lose the fight. We've given the establishment reign for decades and decades and decades and decades. And the establishment Republicans, they never deliver. They don't deliver. They talk the big game and they don't deliver. Well, now they're delivering. Now they're delivering. So they have a new speaker. This guy, Mike Johnson. And listen, I'm like most of you. I did not know who Mike Johnson was. I know, I know that Mike Johnson has been referred to as Jim Jordan Jr. 
And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. So, so, uh, just the fact that Mike Johnson is referred to as, as a, as a, as another Jim Jordan. Listen, that's great. Jim Jordan would have been the great, greatest speaker we probably could have had. And I'm starting to believe that this was part of the plan. I'm starting to, I'm starting to believe the Freedom Caucus, this was their plan. Jim Jordan knew he was going to be torpedoed. Jim Jordan knew. And I think when he got into the speaker's race a week ago, he knew he was going to take the fire from the establishment and, and take, and take one for the team, so to speak. Because by getting the, a complete fire from the establishment repukes that took down Jim Jordan, it allowed Mike, Mike Johnson to come right in there. And the establishment repukes, they were not able, they were not able to stand and stop Mike Johnson because they couldn't say anything. You know, they had, they could fight Matt Gates. And use Jim Jordan as the pawn because Jim Jordan wanted Matt Gates. I mean, uh, Matt Gates wanted Jim Jordan. And I think Jim, I think that's part of the plan, folks. And it looks like it was a brilliant plan because now Mike Johnson was able to come up and the establishment repukes couldn't turn Mike Johnson down. They had to stand with the Freedom Caucus and, and understand this. And if you're wondering why I'm saying the repukes, I got that from Mark Levin. Um, I, I think, I think it was Mark Levin who first labeled the establishment Republicans the repukes. And so at least I think that's what he did. I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard him say repukes, but that's my, at least that's what I'm going to use is, uh, when I talk about the establishment Republicans like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, they're the repukes. They're the repukes in the Republican party. Um, I'm not afraid to say it. But, but look what happened. Look what the Freedom Caucus was able to do and Jim Jordan was able to do. They, they got Mike Johnson. They put, I mean, I think that was a nice little switcheroo that they did and, uh, and the establishment repukes couldn't go against Mike Johnson. And in fact, listen to this. Mike Johnson is the first speaker of the House to ever get 100% of the Republican vote. 100%. He got a unanimous, unanimous vote from the Republican Party. That's a good thing, folks. I am telling you, the Republicans are looking like geniuses right now. I look, I'm, again, I'm not ready to say I told you so, but I'm getting close. I mean, I'm teeing it up. I'm teeing it up. It's getting close. But if Mike Johnson sticks to his guns and he does what he says he's going to do, and he is the man that he seems to be, then the Republicans got it right. And if the establishment continues to stand with him, they're going to steamroll over the Democrats. They're going to have a really good 2024 because of Mike Johnson. So let's, let's hope, let's hope that the establishment Republicans stand with the Freedom Caucus. They all stand together with Mike Johnson because every one of them voted for Mike Johnson for speaker. And that's never happened before. That made history. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I don't know if anybody else is talking about it, but I will talk about it because this is the On Point with Victor show. This is the show of common sense and logic. And I'm going to talk about things like this because too many stations and too many people won't talk to you about it. But I will. Because why? I'm the Mexican, not afraid to be American. Not afraid to be American. So, um, listen, that's, that's, it's a good thing what's happening right now. And let me tell you a sign. There's two signs right now. Two signs right now why, why Mike Johnson is the guy for the job and why this is, this is looking great for the Republicans. So Mike Johnson, the the Democrat Party are they're losing their ever loving minds. Even even some in the establishment are shaky, uh, but the Democrat Party's losing their minds. They are absolutely apoplectic over Mike Johnson. They they don't know what to do. They're calling him every name in the book. They didn't have all the research done on him because they had no idea that Mike Johnson was gonna was gonna come up and be speaker. 
They're doing everything now. They're doing hit jobs on Mike Johnson. They're doing everything they can. The talking points have gone out because CNN, MSNBC, NPR, PBS, they're all saying the same thing, that Mike Johnson is the devil. (laughs) That's what they're saying. I mean, they might as well be calling him the devil because they're calling him everything else. And uh, they, they can't stand this guy. They're terrified of him and they're fearful of him. That tells you right there that Mike Johnson is the guy for the job, that Mike Johnson was a good decision by the Republican Party. The other thing that Mike Johnson just did, look, the first bill to hit the floor that Mike Johnson's bringing to the floor of the House is the funding of uh, to help Israel, to to give Israel some aid, a financial package aid of $14.5 billion, I believe. And you know what Mike Johnson did? And this should be the staple. And and McCarthy would have never done this. The establishment repukes would have never done this on their own. But thanks to the Freedom Caucus and Mike Johnson, this is what Mike Johnson did. He said, we're bringing $14.5 billion because Israel needs our help. And folks, they do need our help. And if you're on the right, if you call yourself a Republican and you're not for helping Israel then you really need to reassess things. Now, I'm not saying we give blank checks to Israel. We shouldn't give a blank check to anybody. But we should do what Mike Johnson's doing. So what Mike Johnson did is he said, okay, we're bringing this bill to the floor. But you know what? It's $14.5 billion. So you know what we're going to do? You know how we're paying for this? We are going to cut the budget of the IRS. And you Democrats, you got to vote for this. Because if you, I dare you not to vote to help Israel. That is Republican genius that's been missing from the Republican party because of the establishment wing would never do this. But the conservative wing will do this. And we shouldn't spend any money going forward from now on into perpetuity. We shouldn't have a spending bill without a cut bill. If we're going to spend this amount of dollars, we better cut this amount of dollars. And that's what Mike Johnson's doing. Mike Johnson just said to the Democrats, I dare you to vote no against this bill to help Israel. I dare you to vote no to help Israel go take out the terrorists that beheaded babies, that beheaded men and women, that, that tortured grandmothers and grandfathers, that tortured children. I dare you to vote against this bill. Because you gotta go, we gotta, we gotta help them, we gotta help them, we gotta come up with 14 billion, but we can't just willy nilly print 14 billion because we're all, we're broke. The United States is broke. Never thought we'd have to say this in this country, but we're broke. And Mike Johnson and the Republican Party is saying, we're gonna give you, we gotta give 14.5 billion dollars to Israel because we have to fight terrorism there, not here. So we better fight it there. And we're going to give them $14.5 billion, billion, but you know what? We're going to make some cuts. The government here in this country is too fat, and it's about time we start living with a budget. And so Mike Johnson puts in the bill, well, you know what? We can cut some away from the IRS. We don't need a well-funded IRS to be the most powerful agency in this country to be able to go and badger the citizens of this country. The citizens of this country are overtaxed as it is. The last thing we need is a a well-funded IRS to go just completely take out the middle class because that's what they're doing is just destroying the middle class. So Mike Johnson says we got to help Israel 14.5 billion. Well, we're going to cut 
some, we're going to cut some from the IRS budget. And it's a brilliant move, a brilliant move. And he's detaching Ukraine aid from the Israel aid because that's a brilliant move. Ukraine cannot be getting empty checks like they've been getting blank check after blank check after blank check. Again, I am not opposed to helping Ukraine. We, I would much rather have a, a, a standing Ukraine and, st- and not, and not let Russia just run in there and, and, uh, take over Ukraine. Now look, the, 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 the reality of the situation is Russia doesn't have the military that everybody thought they did. They don't. So it's not going to take that much to help, um, Ukraine, uh, stop uh, Russia in their tracks, which they're doing, but, they're not going to win the war. Israel, uh, uh, Ukraine can't win that war. Its war's got to stop. Donald Trump's going to stop it, or, or DeSantis will. But until then, there's going to be aid given. So if you're going to give aid, it needs to be a separate package. It needs to be transparent, as transparent can be. And for whatever aid is given to Israel, there has to be some cuts. If we're going to spend taxpayer dollars, I'm sorry, to, to Ukraine, then there's got to be cuts. So it can't be meshed with Ukraine. See, what the Democrats are trying to do, they want to put the Ukraine and piggyback Israel because they know everybody wants to help Israel. Everybody wants to fight terror. But a lot of people have questions because Ukraine has been such a such a, a corrupt country. Their leaders have been so corrupt that everybody, and rightfully so, should be questioning the money we're sending there. So the Democrats want to put it together so they can say, oh, Israel, Israel, got to help Israel, and then sneak billions more for Ukraine. Well, no, Mike Johnson's not going to have that. Mike Johnson and the Republicans said, here's a bill for Israel, and we're going to cut some spending here so we can uh, we can afford to help Israel. And then here's the bill for Ukraine. We're going to help Ukraine. But in order to afford to help Ukraine, we got to make some cuts. That's what Mike Johnson's doing. So kudos to the Republican Party. It looks like they got it right. And again, I'm not ready to to say I told you so, but I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And for all you naysayers out there who are ready to give in to the establishment, I'm glad you didn't. And I want you to come around and understand and have the courage to say the conservatives are getting it right. And if we stand with the conservatives, we can deflate the establishment repukes hold on the Republican Party. Because just like Ronald Reagan said, it is not a third party that we need. It's not a third party we need. We just need to take over the party we've got. And that's today's Republican Party. And the conservatives are doing it. And they're doing it with Mike Johnson. And this is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a good thing. All right, folks, we got to take, uh, no, we got to get in the show. <laughs> we got to end the show, folks. So listen, I didn't get to 2024. I'll get to it next week. Um, uh, Haley's on the ascension. I said that before, but it isn't going to matter because Donald Trump is way out ahead. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next week, but you stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Locked and loaded is up next with Roger B. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.